Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of One Vision. Now, for our listeners who have been following us for the last year and a half, you would know that one of the purpose for our podcast is to bring stories with a purpose, to showcase companies and individuals who have made an impact in our ecosystem and make banking better for everyone. So today we are extremely delighted to have Chen Zhu, Corp Communications from Alipay to join us um, to talk about the impact, the immense impact that Ant Technology Group has on the people in China and beyond. So thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, Theo, for having me. Um, so for our listeners out here um, in the US and in the UK, who might not be familiar with Ant Group, can you just give them a quick overview on arguably the world's most valuable unicorn? Sure. I think um, for a lot of people who haven't been to China or haven't lived in China, it's a little bit difficult for them to envision this gigantic ecosystem that a lot of the world is using. And for me personally, you know, I joined this company because I really believed in its mission of financial inclusion. But to just wind back the clock a little bit, yeah, so Ant Group really started out back in 2004 as Alipay, as part of Alibaba's e-commerce platform to provide an escrow service for online buyers and sellers to do business more easily together. And in fact, that's the mission of Alibaba Group. But since then, since you know, those 14 years in between, we have evolved to serving 1.2 billion people around the world together with all of our global e-wallet partners. So you might ask what happened in those 14 years. So based on our mission of financial inclusion, Alipay itself has actually evolved from a digital payments tool, which is already a very sophisticated ecosystem with QR codes and merchant POS readers, which we'll get into later, I think, uh, to now becoming a one-stop digital lifestyle platform that offers all kinds of life services, we like to call them in people's daily lives. So that just means that from the moment you wake up to the moment you fall asleep, you're completing transactions and all of your activities very efficiently on that one platform so you don't have to leave it. So that can include hailing a cab, paying for coffee, ordering and splitting a bill for lunch, which you know a lot of people have problems with here in the West, um, booking a hotel, purchasing wealth management products, donating to charities, and even protecting the environment through Ant Forest, which is a very unique product that was lauded by the UN last year. And to do all of this, we're cooperating with um, third-party service providers to make this a reality on our platform. So in that sense, I think Ant is really should be categorized as a technology provider because it's support it's providing a platform to support the digitalization of all of these service providers um, across a number of sectors including finance e-commerce utilities and retail so i think we can also get into this later but the technology that was accumulated in those years is instrumental to providing this very solid foundation for us to support such a wide range of customers in Asia. So is that part of the reason why then Ant Financial has changed its name to Ant Group? Was that the rationale behind that? 
Yes. So this was actually reflected in the heritage of our business as a fintech company based on solid tech foundations rather than the other way around. So the change really reflects the nature of Ant Group as an innovative global technology provider. And we're working with like-minded partners around the world to use technology to better support our partners uh, to innovate and um, support individuals and small businesses around the world. And then another reason I would say to your question is that more than 60% of Ant Group's employees are actually technology R&D staff, which maybe a lot of people don't know. Um, so there are these computer scientists, AI engineers, and blockchain researchers who are working on the cutting edge of financial technology to provide really, really innovative products um, like our alpha risk risk assessment tool, um, blockchain um, provenance tracking tools um, that are really cutting edge to our uh, consumers. And I think also from an R&D perspective, like I said, we're developing these tools that have been really instrumental to um, propelling our business forward and serving our customers in the best way. And Alpha Risk is one of those examples because it's been reducing Alipay's fraud risk loss as we speak, so that now it's below 0.64 and 10 million, which is much lower than the industry average. Um, not, to, not to mention our blockchain technology and um, and so forth. So I think also recently with COVID and the pandemic, that's definitely accelerated the digitalization of the service sector, including financial institutions. So we've seen that the number of customers paying for Ant Group to help them build mobile apps and provide cloud computing power has jumped by 175% in the two months since April, 2020. And inquiries to collaborate with us has also increased by around 400% over the same period. Wow, that, that, that is impressive. Um, and I had no idea the 60% <coughs> of, of the staff uh, were, were tech people. Um, Brad, I don't even know what that figure is in the U.S. comparatively speaking with the banks. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you look at through other banks, I mean, or maybe Goldman, maybe Goldman Sachs would have like that many people. I don't know, but uh, I don't think there's any comparison. I, I don't think there is, um, which is why I, I always love um, having guests that talk about what's going on out east. I know that we get accused of that, um, but it, it's fascinating. I mean, there's just no comparison whatsoever. And if we want to figure out how we can propel our ecosystem, and to be more inclusive, when we think about digital finance and all the other tools, we have to look east. That's the only way to do it, to, to exchange ideas, to see what other people are doing. So with that being said, um, we're curious. So you talk a lot about technology um, and, and how Ant has been using that as part of the core um, offerings to enable the company to do what it has been able to do. Let's talk a little bit about how that's being used to accomplish the financial inclusion goals that it has set up for. Yeah, sure, Theo. So I totally agree with you that um, out east, I would say that there has been a lot of leapfrogging in terms of digital payments and then you know serving those that are underserved and unbanked. Um, and Ant Group is um, no exception in that mission. 
And so for us, I think as a technology provider, there's no way we can do this by ourselves. So since the first day that Alipay was born in 2004, our growth has always been about building an open platform and forming partnerships to use technology to better serve our uh, customers. So one example I would give is our small and micro business loan business, which is called MyBank. And this is an SME focused bank that Ant Group established in 2015, which pioneered the 310 uh, model for lending. So that is, it takes three minutes to apply for a loan on your phone, less than one second to approve and requires zero manual intervention. And we've actually opened up this 310 loan technology to our financial institution partners and we're able to serve small businesses and individuals together. And as of June, we've served 29 million small and medium-sized enterprises in China, including street vendors, uh, who you know are very, um, you, they are used to using the QR code and our product. Um, and so, and the interesting thing about this is that the average loan size is around 5,000 US dollars. So that's, you know, a very low threshold, I think that normally would be overlooked. And 80% of our recipients have previously never received a business loan before. Um, so another point worth mentioning is that my bank has always been active in gender financing as well. So since its establishment, um, my bank, we've provided financing to more than 8 million women operated um, businesses in China with an average loan of $5,700. Um, and interestingly, for this kind of gender balanced um, cloud bank, uh, which you might not think of in the East, but actually we've been able to leapfrog and achieve this goal. Um, over 50% of our recipients are women entrepreneurs. And interestingly, we found out that the women-operated businesses have actually a lower default risk compared to um, SMEs owned by men. So that's interesting. And we've seen this come in out in real life with uh, the COVID um, period and uh, small business owners successfully getting loans on, through their phones within 15 seconds um, to reopen their nail salon. So we have a woman named Cho Meng Yi who was able to do that. Um, but she was also able to do that because she's had such a long history with Alipay. Like she's been able to get loans from my bank. She's been able to raise money. She's been able to get consumer loans. So she has a you know credit history with us that we could use in our AI modeling to determine her credit worthiness. So that's just one example. We would like to give a mention to our creative partner, Tremendousness. Tremendousness is a creative agency that uses visual thinking, information design, and storytelling to help organizations explore innovations, products, and processes. Learn more at www.tremendo.us. So when you when you think about target demographics for either individuals that are seeking credit or the way that you think about just expanding access to your ecosystem of applications, um, tell us a little bit more about you know how 
your customers find you or how you find your customers and some of the other broader goals your company has set out around financial inclusion, around bringing more people into the system? Right. Yeah. So I think our target demographic, like as I mentioned earlier, is really the underbanked and unbanked of the world. And it's more the fact that we find them and they find us and there is a, a problem that we're trying to solve for here, right? So according to the World Bank's Findex report, um, the latest one, there are still around 1.7 billion unbanked adults globally. So that's people without an account as a, at a financial institution or through a mobile money provider. So together with Alibaba Group, we are pushing forward the goals of the Alibaba digital economy, which is by 2036 to serve 2 billion global consumers, empower 10 million profitable businesses and create 100 million jobs. And I would say we're well on our way to achieving that. Um, and, our, and our mission as Ant Group itself is to bring inclusive financial services to the world. And we've grown through our partnerships to um, 1.2 billion users so far. But despite this, a significant number of people around the world are still underbanked, unbanked. So there's a lot of room for improvement globally where financial services can be more inclusive. And one area is the gender financing that I mentioned for women. I think that if you lift up a woman, you lift up a whole society. So that's um, a goal of ours as well. And um, yeah, and overall our inclusive financial services are secure, they're green, they're sustainable. So overall it's you know a triple bottom line for creating greater value for society um, and bringing equal opportunities to the world. I love that part that you just said, when you lift up a woman, you lift up the whole society. That's always been one of our beliefs. Um, and especially with recent events with COVID um, and, and more so in, in the US as well, when you're looking at how women are disproportionately getting impacted um, by businesses closing, but also by a lot of the policy um, decisions that's being made on whether or not schools are going to get closed and open. And, you know, and by default, a lot of that rests on parents who have to decide between do I continue with my work? Can I actually work versus what do I do with my child? And a lot of cases, that's not even a choice. Right. So I'm really worried. A lot of the things that's been going on um, out here is actually going to set us back even more and, um, and gender financing or lack thereof. Um, is, is not something that that is new in here. And, and I just wish we could do more. Um, so which brings us to, you know, if, if we were to wrap all of this, what you just talked about, which is absolutely fascinating. I, I can talk to you for like the next 10 hours. Um, Singapore Management University, SMU, they recently re released a case study, right, on a lot of the things that you were talking about on financial inclusion in China using QR codes and tech as a service. Um, and it highlights specifically the impact that Alipay has on the Chinese economy at large. Um, and, and we're going to share this on, on social later, but can you just um, high level, can you tell us a little bit more about that findings from the case study? Sure. Yeah. So this Singapore management uh, university study, which is also in the Harvard Business School pool of cases, um, is a really great primer on where we are at the moment. 
with inclusive finance in China with Alipay as a case study. So I would just um, encourage everyone to go read it if they want to see the state of play right now. Um, but so I think we talked a little bit about QR codes at the beginning. I think QR quick response codes were never really picked up in the West for various reasons, but they really are the engine of uh, digital payments in China and beyond in a lot of developing countries also and in Africa and Southeast Asia. And they've allowed merchants to expand their digital storefront and serve the user in the most efficient and fast way with no cash changing hands. It's anti-fraud, it's fraud resistant. Um, so that was an interesting finding that they go into more detail about QR codes and the um, adoption of that in China. And the other point is that um, for small and micro businesses in China, they collectively account for over 90% of all business entities, which is could be surprising to our listener, but um, and they contribute to over 70% of employment in China and over 60% of the country's GDP. Um, this was in 2016. However, a lot of their financial needs are not well met, even though they're the cornerstone of China's economy. And so that's the background where my bank was started, which I talked about earlier. Um, and they developed their 310 loan technology. And we're just so humbled to share all of our tech products and services um, with approximately 200 financial institutions right now. So that's the other point the paper makes is about our open technology platform and how we're sharing all of this um, cutting edge technology with banks, with asset managers and um, all over China. And one case was in um, Guiling Bank. They collaborated with my bank to provide collateral free microloans to farmers in China by leveraging um, our AI technologies and risk management expertise. Right. So what is the um, the the thing that you have to measure with people to get loans is their um, credit worthiness and then the risk model. And so through our AI technology, we're able to do that. And um, it turned out that we served more than 20,000 farmers um, with a total of fifty four million dollars worth of credit as of June 2018. So that's one example of collaborating with um, a brick and mortar banking model with our technology. We're uh, fortunate to be able to visit uh, your headquarters, I don't know, about a year, a little bit more than a year ago. And uh, we're just really, really, really impressed with the team and just all the things that you were doing. When when we think about, you know, your broader sustainability goals as well, we'll, we'll also share some of the information from your site uh, about your sustainability report and some of the things that you're doing. I wonder if you could, you could just touch on a couple of things as we can kind of conclude our conversation today. Um, I want to, if you, you mentioned it earlier, if you could just talk about Ant Forest for a little bit. And then also, um, we know that businesses in China are going, you know, very digital, uh, much, much faster because of COVID-19, the fact that, you know, we've had such a change in society very quickly. Um, what else is happening around the pandemic? And so if you could just touch on maybe the, the, the tracing application and like how you're helping um, sort of combat the illness as well. Sure. So I think... 
um, in regards to COVID, um, before the pandemic, as I mentioned before, um, Chinese SMEs and individuals have already started to leverage digital tools through this very sophisticated ecosystem of mobile payments, digital loans, wealth management products, et cetera, to operate their business. And what we've seen is that COVID has just accelerated this digitalization trend of businesses in China. So, you know, be it existing or newly invented, um, these digital tools have just been more popular with SMEs um, throughout this entire period, just because they couldn't, you know, have brick and mortar. So where do they go? It's through digital platforms. And we've tried to make it easier um, for people to access loans, like I mentioned, um, Chomangi, the uh, nail salon owner who was able to obtain 15,000 RMB um, through my bank as Wuhan started reopening. Um, I think another example is our Alipay mini program. So this is an interesting um, API for developers to get onto. So in 2018, we launched Alipay's mini program to enable more service providers to reach their users via Alipay. And as of now, there are over 2 million mini programs on our services platform with over 600 million monthly active users, which is interesting. And so some of these are um, built by providers in education, in hotels, tourism, healthcare, um, and they also provide um, financial service products, asset managers and insurance companies. So they're all within our bigger umbrella. Um, of wealth management, uh, the last cases that I mentioned. And then um, with COVID, I think we've seen one case, which is between April to June in 2020, we saw that a leading tea brand in China called Nayuki Tea saw their search for their mini program on Alipay increasing by 50%, and then their membership growing by a whopping 800%. And this is through optimizing operations and improving their service qualities through um, interacting or through being on our Alipay mini program. And I think another um, more macro level um, intervention that we took, um, which could be interesting for other countries that are going through post-pandemic recovery is um, digital coupons. So from July 1st onwards, um, Alipay is going to provide service providers with 10 billion RMB and digital coupons across the country to incentivize consumption. And so this is just through an Alipay collection QR code. Uh, small businesses and street vendors can sign up very easily to participate in the digital coupon initiative and attract consumers to go out and spend again to revitalize the economy um, post pandemic. So this initiative was actually announced in mid June and it's attracted more than 1 million merchants um, so far. So we've seen more digitally savvy small businesses uh, are more resilient during COVID. And I think you've seen this in other uh, regions. I'm in New York and I see that here too. And so they recover faster as the economy reopens. And so overall, I think the demand for digital solutions has gone up and these trends have only been accelerated by the pandemic. And you know we're no exception, and we're in a unique position to help out. Um, and I think you asked about Amforest. That's one of my favorite um, products on our platform, just because it's really enacted real change. Um, 
we have more than 500 million users that participate in this. And what it is is um, the program actually calculates your daily uh, carbon emission reductions by the daily activities that you take, like, for example, taking the bus or walking um, outside, um, riding a bike and things like that. And it'll um, transform it into these carbon credits. And um, once you tap on them and you are able to grow a virtual tree, we as a company with local NGOs in um, desertified regions in China will actually grow real trees for the consumer. So as of August 2019, Ant Forest has actually attracted over 500 million users, which has resulted in over 120 million trees being planted in desertified areas in China, um, which translates into over 8 million tons of carbon emission. So this is a real change for the environment in China. Well, wow, that, that's fascinating. I don't think I heard about that. So th thanks for bringing that up. Um, we had actually talked to, um, we had had a few conversations um, and, and our blocks as well. We think that thinking about our society at large, right? Be it lifting up the, those that are in need um, or thinking about sustainability because we only have one earth to live in. That has to be the core of the DNA of every single company, regardless of what industry you're in, um, regardless of who you are and where you live, it has to be part of what we do, because that's the reason why we're doing what we're doing. Um, so with that, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a fascinating conversation. I, I'm like just mesmerized by, by, by all that you guys have done and kudos and uh, stay healthy. And thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for joining us for another episode of One Vision.